Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the letter from the Premier League's Chief Executive Richard Masters, who has finally broken his silence on the Newcastle United takeover. He's written to Newcastle Central MP Chi Onrua and answered her questions that she asked on behalf of Newcastle United fans about the process of the failed buyout of the club. We're going to hear from Lee Ryder and Kieran Kelly who bring their take on what Masters had to say and what it means now for the Newcastle United takeover. All that and much more on the Everything is Black and White. So in a moment, we're going to hear from our chief sports writer, Lee Ryder. But just to kick off, I want to read some interesting lines from that letter received by Chianurua from Richard Masters. It's a more detailed letter than I think many would have expected for the first correspondence in this long-running saga. It does, in my opinion, present questions at the door of the consortium, which I think need to be answered given the last few weeks, given their response to the withdrawal of their bid to buy Newcastle United. Now let's dive into this letter. The first question was why did it take 17 weeks just to get to a point where in the end we got no answers from the Premier League? It was The bid was not rejected, it was withdrawn. Now Masters, who I'll quote now, says there's no timescales prescribed by the rules in relation to the owners and directors test and some can range from straightforward to complex. Now you can imagine that you can put this bid into that complex category. The other interesting point is on the top six. Did they have an influence on this process? That was the claim by sources close to Amanda Stavely that certain clubs, at least two, made their disapproval of this buyout known to the Premier League. One would imagine it being the fact that these new owners had money, not only to crash the top six party, but probably the top four. Richard Masters, though, has responded to those claims and was emphatic in his response, saying no other Premier League clubs had a role whatsoever in this approval process. And we'll listen out for what those close to the consortium have to say on that point. Now on to the two main points of the letter. And first off is piracy. Not explicitly mentioned in the letter, the intellectual property is. And essentially, they were not close to making a decision on whether piracy would affect this deal. After 17 weeks, a decision just did not seem to be imminent. Uh, the quote is the PF announced its withdrawal from the process before the board was required to come to any conclusion on this aspect of the test. So after 17 weeks, one of the main issues of this deal just didn't appear to have been addressed or didn't the, the decision on it didn't appear to be near. Strikes me as utterly bizarre, but I guess a lot of people will point to the main point of this letter, which is who would be in charge. And this seems to be the main sticking point. The Premier League felt they couldn't determine who would be in charge between the Public Investor Fund and the Saudi state. It appears that the Premier League felt the Saudi state effectively would rule Newcastle United should the deal go through. They were offered an independent arbitration tribunal, but that was uh, 
rejected by the consortium and then uh, the, the Premier League say they didn't provide them with the necessary information. The quote is, if that additional information had been provided, the board would have answered that suitability question accordingly. The suitability question relays back to whether the Saudi state or the PAF would have been in charge. All going on in circles here, but I think you get the point. The letters are on our website. Um, it looks like this is going to have a bit to run yet. We're going to hear now from Lee Ryder on his take on this letter. Well, initial thoughts are basically that, you know, this this week there's been a few suggestions, a few rumblings from the Premier League that, uh, or people in and around the Premier League, that there was going to be some kind of response um, at some stage. I think that it's come this soon is probably down to the pressure from MPs and supporters alike. So at least we've got some kind of response, some kind of clarity. Um, could have been done a lot earlier, though. I think that's the the big criticism that um, I would take from this, that um, we should, probably should have heard about this middle of May. And, um, you know, now we uh, have the aftermath and the investigation on who was right and who was wrong. So uh, that that's pretty much my initial thoughts on it. Does it leave the consortium with questions to answer? Uh, I guess it does in some ways, but then you could also say, that you know, an arb- arbitration is normally something that is an appeal process, uh, and no decision has actually been made by the Premier League. They haven't rejected it or accepted it. So, really, you could question both sides. You could question the Premier League on why arbitration is the term that's being used. Um, but then you have to then ask the bidding side why they didn't take up that option that that was put to them. So. Yeah, there's questions to be answered on both sides. Is it dead in the water? Hard to say. You know, Newcastle United, it will always be linked with with takeovers and the bidding party could come back with different investors. Um, They could even call the bluff of the Premier League and say, yeah, okay, we will take the arbitration. And then if a decision is made and then they have to get in the room and go through all the kind of um, paperwork that, that gets you to become a Premier League member, We'll have to wait and see, but you know you can never say it's all over. But I think the last thing at the moment fans want is is false hope because um, quite a few people have said that it was 100% done and it never really was. And uh, you know you're always waiting for three, three, three green ticks, one from the bidding side, which we pretty much we had it because they were saying it was done. But then you needed something from the Premier League. We didn't have it and we didn't have anything from Newcastle United. So we'll see what happens in the future. So those are the thoughts of Lee Ryder. We're now going to hear from Kieran Kelly, but just a quick note to please like and subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review, please. We'd really, really appreciate that. Here's a thoughts of Kieran Kelly on that Premier League letter. Now joined by Kieran Kelly. Kieran, as you've just said there off the mic, another quiet Friday can you just sum up your initial reaction then to that letter came a bit out of the blue? We welcome the response by Richard Masters, what everybody has wanted and perhaps more detail than maybe we thought we would get, more detail than we thought we would get in it. Um, what stood out for you? Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on there. I think when, when initially I even saw that the first page, I thought that was the letter, if that makes sense. I just thought, oh, this seems quite bland and predictable. And then, wow, you go into the second page. I think that's the telling one, really. And, um, you know, let's be honest, the past 15 days, I think one of the reasons why we 
we have wanted the Premier League to comment. It's just we've only had one side of the story. Uh, it's ironic. I think Simon Jordan had said that, you know, the buyers of Mike Ashley have been relatively quiet. Um, and in some ways, you know, I agree with that. But equally, we've had a lot of statements, um, haven't we, particularly in those few days after it collapsed. And I suppose maybe this letter is the most... It's quite telling, really, why uh, that drum hasn't been uh, banged even louder, and why you know it's it's fallen to the fans really to to carry the energy of keeping this alive, of getting some transparency, of getting some answers, and that's a real credit to the supporters because let's be honest, if supporters hadn't got in touch with uh, Shyamora, um, you know, we wouldn't have had this response. So. Uh, this is really down to them. Um, I think the fact that the letter is so detailed is probably down to them as well because um, our follow-up questions aren't really for Richard Masters anymore now. I think he, to his credit, he's actually, without having to go into searing detail, he's said enough in that. And it's quite ironic, you know, for about six months we've been seeing Richard Masters thrown in front of a camera and just begged him to say a bit more. And without, you know... A three thousand word letter. He said enough in what he's he's written for it to really um, answer a lot of questions. And it looks to me like it's been uh, carefully put together. This, um, you know, you think the MPs all got in touch, go back last week, so they've had a bit of time to draft it. And it's quite telling. He said that this response essentially be the response for the other MPs as well, because a lot of the same questions naturally are coming up from constituents. So I think it's. It's a, it's a step forward for supporters, okay, it, it throws up questions for the consortium, but I think it's it's just maybe kind of painted the fuller picture now that, that we all needed. You mentioned there the questions that have been thrown up for the consortium. You've written a piece and you can read the full piece on our <laughs> website. Um, but the bit that stands out is the fact, and we'd heard rumours and whispers of this, that the Premier League, it offered a kind of tribunal to yeah. sort out who would effectively own Newcastle United after the, the consortium or rather the PIF, uh, as the Premier League put it, disagreed with the Premier League's approach and thoughts on who would own it. Of course, that is talking about the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia and the Public Investment Fund and trying to separate the two. Yeah. Now, they, like we say, were offered a tribunal to, to solve it once and for all. Um, the... The sources had suggested that they'd offered the highest assurances to the Premier yeah. League that they were separate entities. So the questions there are, why reject the tribunal? Because one would think that if you are confident enough that the evidence is there to say, well, look, the PIF is here and the Crown Prince is here, they're not the same, that you would you would comfortably win the, the tribunal. They would vote on your side and you know you would then get the Jesus and James's Park. Yeah, and I mean, we, we saw with the um, Man City Tribunal uh, recently at the CAS how they had the best lawyers in town and make no mistake, the, the PIF would as well. So, yeah, I think you, you, you've you raised those two questions that I had when I read it. You know, that paragraph is, is the most telling of, of the, the letter. And, you know, uh, if they had offered these assurances from the highest level why wasn't that enough and then why couldn't they have provided that further information that the Premier League needed um, you know we, the, this consortium have, have shown 
persistence and patience throughout, you know, we think of the build-up before we even got to the owners of directors test to to deal with Mike Ashley and to strike an agreement with Mike Ashley. Um, and it, it felt flimsy the way they, they backed out, the reasons they cite for backing out, you know, the unforeseen prolonged process coupled with global uncertainty is the quote in my head. Um, and, you know, it obviously went deeper than that. And, you know, we have written... Uh, repeatedly about those issues. The, to be fair, that the consortium certainly acknowledged the uh, the state kind of issue. You know, who would be the ultimate beneficial owner? Uh, but it, it really kind of almost blends into the piracy issue as well, because um, if they were to say, for example, the Saudi state were going to be the ultimate beneficial owner, um, and then you 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 have a director on board to represent that. Could they be linked to the somehow linked to the history with the the Pirate Bay broadcaster? So it's kind of um, it's it just shows how um, extraordinary this process really is. But I I think for the fans, they I I in my opinion, the fans have done so much in the past two weeks. In my opinion, they've done their bit. I think it's up to the consortium now to 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 come out and to to answer this. Um, I don't think we necessarily need a another you know tearful interview, so to speak. I think we we just need hard answers and you know what the roadmap is for them because I think this idea that the Premier League are the villain, um, that you know the consortium don't have kind of issues to iron out. The consortium essentially have to go back to this and, and look at how they can iron these out. Otherwise, there's absolutely no point coming back in. I don't think it's fair on anyone, certainly not the supporters who naturally have been so invested in this. But um, it's clear that if this is going to be revived, it's going to take them actually looking at those issues and being, you know, straight up about it and, and um, you know, remedying them. And it's clear that you know the idea of withdrawing it's 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 certainly energized the fan base but i don't think the fan base after seeing this letter are gonna blindly um you know keep going they're gonna need to see some some evidence that these guys are prepared to do what the premier league needs them to do in my opinion well i guess reading between the lines of everything that came out after the bid was withdrawn it was kind of a, a plea wasn't it you know just get the Premier League to tell us what we need to do. Get the Premier League to tell us, you know, why it took so long. And yeah. effectively, this letter has kind of done it. It said, look, yeah. the number one issue was who would be in charge. We we offered you this tribunal, you didn't take it. Yeah. We then waited for more information and the Premier League claim they didn't receive it. Um, so that is clearly the, the, the element that the consortium now need to come back and deal with. And then you also have the piracy issue now as you mentioned in your piece he doesn't strictly mention piracy but he does respond to the question on intellectual uh, property and he effectively says well the PIF withdrew in fact I've got the quote here um, you know the PF uh, the PIF announced its withdrawal from the process before the board was required to come to any conclusion on this aspect of the test so my understanding there reading that is that they didn't even get to a stage where they could address the issue of piracy, which seems bizarre after 17 weeks. And I, I, it's just, it seems to me 
that even if the bid hadn't been withdrawn, there was so much ground still to cover before we were going to get any decision, let alone 19, 20, 21 weeks into the process. It's, it seems like this could have gone on. I think, as you said, actually, on the morning uh, that it was announced, the bid was withdrawn. We did a podcast and you said, uh, You've got a feeling that might go on for six. I'm not saying it would go on the would have gone on that long. Yeah. It definitely seems like there was a lot of ground to cover still. Yeah, it, it was it was deadlock, wasn't it? And you know, we we have there are kind of only a few certainties we've had from the process because we've had so much different things come out of it. But you know, the the reality is, I, I don't think anything in Masters letter will have come as a surprise to the court and sort him. I think those issues that um, he kind of hints at, they, they, they would have known about. I think for the fans, it's probably, it's it's seen in black and white like that is, and, and it's the first time the Premier League have commented, it's it's quite striking and for us as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, they, I'm, you know, I, I, any kind of, um, I don't know what the word is. I, I, I don't know if people had sympathy with the consortium, but it's it's kind of like it's it's in their court now. This is really the chance for them to to properly address those issues because um, you know it, it's it's interesting. Masters also mentions that they're going to review the owners and directors test and you know potentially tighten it even further. So they're going to come back. Uh, clearly, they. They have to look at this as not that the Premier League are, are out to get them or proving difficult, but they also have to make compromises and it isn't just a one-way street. So, you know, you look at it, all the parties, actually included, are, are still committed to the deal if it can be revived, but clearly in its current form, there are problems and it's about recognising that and addressing that. And we've maybe seen how... Uh, Saudi Arabia is a country, you know, how it viewed that WTO verdict, how it appealed it, even, you know, the, there's there's kind of a way that some people look at things in the way other people look at things. And, you know, they may well have a, a different view of this letter to maybe how we see it. So it's it's really complex. And um, I think for for fans, though, this is, this is an important letter and, you know, gives them an idea of at least where the Premier League were coming from. And I think we've all really needed that. I mean, you mentioned there that the three parties are still keen to get back around the table. Is that... Well, it, it, it just doesn't seem, though, to be a clear pathway, even though I've just said there that, it, that the Premier League have kind of pointed out the two main issues, or at least yeah. the issue on who would be in charge. But the fact that the PIF knew that that was the case and... Premier League say that look they didn't provide what we wanted and then they withdrew can you can you see changing or is it I, I, I just something is going to have to change from the buyer side isn't it they're going to have yeah. to the PIF are going to have to mellow in their approach sort of thing and either and either come up with the evidence the Premier League wants and if they can't then say okay actually maybe we, 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 we do as the Premier League ask and that's how we get hold of the club but I, I, I just can't see that happening I don't know what you're hearing, you know, can you see a clear pathway to how this ends the way that Newcastle United fans wanted to? It really just depends how much they want the club, uh, in my opinion. I think if if you're desperate to buy this football club, you're, you're going to make compromises, you're going to make 
uh, allowances. Um, the way that this had been painted was that the Premier League were being difficult. And yeah, they might have been difficult. And I'm sure there are elements where the Premier League maybe uh, proved problematic. But the issue is, you know, if if you've got these um, these problems, potential problems, and you're not really able to address them, then how can you move forward? It, it, it's so complicated, this process, but it can break it down quite simply to that, that um, they couldn't come up with a formula, essentially, that would satisfy the Premier League. And that's why it, it hit deadlock, um, because obviously the consortium believed that the Premier League had been difficult, and the Premier League believed that they're just protecting kind of uh, both the club, protecting the league, and then protecting... Um, kind of their broadcast partners, let's be honest. So um, I think it's the PIF is is both the reason that this takeover is particularly exciting, the reason that this takeover would have worked is because uh, Stadia and the Rubin Brothers may be rich, but Rubin Brothers don't seem to want to be a majority shareholder. Uh, that isn't really what's gone from their two previous takeover bids. That's not been the case. Stavely's wealth isn't enough to, to power a football club, you know, 10, 15 years. It's one thing paying the purchase price quite another than uh, bankrolling it. And that's why the PF was so important to this deal, but also it's been the issue. So how they can kind of square that circle going forward, uh, that's the big question. And it, it really, we we just need to see some kind of a roadmap. I think, you know, you, you, you've seen kind of how you know, certain people have been liking tweets by fans and trying to give them encouragement in that way. I think we just need, um, you know, kind of an idea of what the plan is really if this is to be resurrected because uh, I don't think it's it's fair on supporters for the linger on. You think of the team as well. Uh, it's not an ideal summer by any means uh, with, with COVID and then you've had this obviously in the background. So um, I don't think it, it will draw a line under things, but, you know, I think it's made... A lot of people realise just how, you know, double-sided this this crazy process has been.